Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Road to High Five, a chance for me to speak to members of the High Five team and learn a little bit about them and how they ended up here. As of every single episode, I'll let my guests introduce themselves. So, over to you. Hi, uh, this is Todd Brown. I'm the Director of Challenge Course Services here at High Five. The first question I often ask people is, what was the point where you found that venture education was the career for you? That was probably between my first and second year of college. Um, I was majoring in outdoor recreation. When I first started, I had a, an inkling that that might be a field I was interested in. After my first real experience with the challenge course, I realized that I was definitely interested in it and saw a lot of value in the challenge course experience and what it could do for individuals and groups. And it allowed me to stay outside and enjoy um, being in the woods. How did you find out about a college program like the one you did? Was there many out there? Because for me, I'd never heard of it until I got into the industry. I looked into colleges with outdoor focuses. So mm. I, I didn't, when, when looking at a school, I wasn't specifically looking for an outdoor education Program. I was looking for a program that involved being outdoors. Hmm. So I looked at several colleges throughout the country, uh, ended up at Unity in Maine, partly because of where it was and partly because of the outdoor education program. It sounded pretty interesting to me when I was looking at it as a high school student. Yeah, so, so straight out of college, were you able to find work? I did. Uh, wow. it, it took a few months, um, and I had applied to a couple different challenge course vendor vendors here in the U.S. and uh, finally ended up getting a position with Project Adventure out of the Georgia office. And and what date are we talking? When are we talking about? That was 89. So I graduated in uh, the spring of 88 and in January of 89 I started for Project Adventure. Wow. I was at the prime age of two years old (laughs) uh, at the time. So so Project Adventure down, down in Georgia, what was your role there? I started out as an installer, um, so as an assistant installer. I spent five years working for them out of the Georgia office and then uh, moved back up to the Northeast. Got a lot of experience working from them in the South, did a lot of traveling. Uh, It was a a great time, a great experience. And and at that point in the the late 80s, early 90s, was adventure education big at the time? Was like well-known as a field or was like Project Adventure one of the few companies doing it in my experience it was one of the few companies that i could find that was doing it yeah Um, after getting into the field a little more i learned that there were several more but just not as well publicized or as as easy to hear about my family was a little concerned when they first heard that i was going to be building ropes courses and climbing trees (laughs) for a living like how long can you do that almost 30 years later i'm Still doing it. <laughs> and they still probably didn't understand it. No, it's still a hard thing to get people to understand. Yeah. But they at least accept it at this point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, it's working. It's working for them. Uh, so you were in, down in Georgia. Obviously had to have ended up coming back. Did you end up working at Project Adventure in the Northeast, or you were just down in Georgia for them? No, after after being with them for five years in Georgia, um, I... I really appreciated working for the organization. So when I decided that to make the move, I inquired with them and, and was able to secure a position working for them in the Northeast. And how long were you there? 
All together, it was just short of 12 years, so another six and a half years or so living in Vermont and traveling throughout New England, but spending a lot of time uh, in Hamilton. Okay, so you were mainly in this area anyway, so the transition from product adventure to high five for you was pretty small in terms of movement? Yeah, as far as, as yeah, physical locations and movement, it was that wasn't a big, a big stretch. The biggest piece that I was looking for at the time that high five started the advantage that starting out with jim and carl and nikki and a few others to create high five was that i was able to get back out on the road and spend most of my time helping people design and doll challenge courses to to meet their needs Mm -hmm. Uh, towards the end of my career at project adventure i spent a lot more time managing staff and being in the office which at that point in my life wasn't what i was ready to do yeah no it's it's the hard thing when you, especially when you work outdoors predominantly, to get senior positions often means you end up in the office, away from sometimes the thing that you really excited about doing. Yeah, and that, that was a challenge for me at that time. And you know, now eighteen years, nineteen, working on nineteen years at High Five, I still enjoy getting out on the road and building courses, and some I still get the opportunity to do that. But I've I've found my challenges now in helping coordinate and, and helping the nine staff that, that work for us get out in the field and install the courses. What's the, what's the thing uh, for you? you? So you've been in the field now 30 years. What for you is the thing that gets you excited each morning about still doing the work that you do? I get really excited about the, the group of people I work with and the impact that we have on the people we work with. Having been in the field for 30 years and worked with a lot of different people the group of people that we have at High Five right now, the High Five team, is an amazing group of people that are as dedicated to what they do as I am. And that, that, that makes coming to work an exciting process. Back. So the people I work with and, and the work that we do. Yeah. And do you think there's a difference between when you started in the industry and the industry as it is now? Is there, is there a marked difference for you? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> okay. things, have, things have changed a lot yeah, in over what the 30 years. Technical advances in the equipment um, have allowed us to design and build things that we couldn't design and build 30 years ago in, in the same way. The fact that adventure education is becoming more well-known increases the amount of people that use it, which has several different impacts on the field. It's great that more and more people are using adventure in an educational form, but in the last five or five to ten years, there's been a lot more use of the same type of equipment in a much more recreational form. Mm-hmm. The advent of adventure parks and zip canopy tours makes people think they have a concept of what a challenge course experience really is because they, they look at a challenge course experience as just the activities. When the reality is, for me, the challenge course experience is much more about how a group interacts, works with each other to approach and try to complete the activities. And a well-facilitated experience like that can be very meaningful and very powerful for both the individuals and the groups. So we're going to move on to um, a series of questions now that some uh, make sense and then some are nonsensical. Just first thing that comes to your mind with some of this stuff. If you go to a restaurant, what's your favorite side dish? Coleslaw. Coleslaw? Really? That's one I, like, hit and miss with me, whether or not the coleslaw is that good. 
I don't know. And that's, I think that's why it's my favorite because there's so many different variations of coleslaw, but there's really good coleslaw and there's really bad coleslaw. So I tend to judge the restaurant, diner, wherever uh -huh. I am by how's the coleslaw? Coleslaw connoisseur. I created this thing, and this is how I rate restaurants, but this is how I re reward the service. They often will have a pen which you can sign your signature at the end and sign the tip. Now, I always, always give a tip, but if they were bad, if it was bad service, I'll, I'll take the pen for myself and I'll leave with their pen. Now, if there's the next... And I'll keep accumulating pens. And when I get to a restaurant that I had a really good service, I give them a good tip, but then I give them all of the pens that I've accumulated from the previous restaurants. So there you go. So there's... A, who knows? A restaurant out there could have pens from lots of different restaurants because of their good service. And if they had good coleslaw, that's yeah. another reason I'll keep uh, giving them a pen. If you had to live the remainder of your life as an animated character, who would it be? Probably Woody from Toy Story. Yep. Why Woody? Woody's a very optimistic character. Yep. Tries to be upbeat, always looking to look out for all the other toys mm -hmm. and keep everybody happy and keep things moving along. And you would have the voice of Tom Hanks. <laughs> that, that would be a huge plus as well. <laughs> what more could you ask for? So this is a question I've asked at Adventure Basics workshops when I'm pairing people together. It's just a random question. Would you rather fight a hundred horses that are the size of a duck or one duck the size of a horse? Interesting line of questions. <laughs> I've spent a lot more time with horses than I ever have with ducks. So I think I'd rather deal with a hundred horses the size of a duck than one duck the size of a horse. Rationale, what would you do? Why, yeah. why that? Why the horses? Just the thought of a, a duck the size of a horse <laughs> frightens me. That's, that is definitely the truth for me, too. But, a duck sized but, duck is scary for me. <laughs> I don't know about you. I, like as a kid, I just remember my dad used to give me pockets full of bread and give them to the ducks. Like, not just a, here's some bread you can throw. Very scary. And yeah, ducks aren't very patient. When you're doing something like that, That's you true. got a bunch of bread. They're right there. Yeah. Of course, yeah. I imagine a hundred horses the size of a duck, they might be doing the same thing. Oh, yeah. They might have the uh, uh, the mindset of a duck whilst they're that size. They would be harassing you. All right. Um, another would you rather. Would you rather age one year every time that you sneezed? So every sneeze, you would get a year older. Or... Repeat grades kindergarten through 12 as an adult as you are right now. Ooh. <laughs> For me, I'm stuck because what? I have allergies. So I, I feel like I have to go to the grades. Otherwise, I would die in like a summer. <laughs> Soon think, it's allergy season. I think for me, someone who's a little further along in age than you are, <laughs> Phil, um, yeah. time goes by fast enough now as it is. Yeah. I would rather go back and, and, and relive... K to 12 as an adult. That's still 12 years of your life you'd have to use. Yes. Okay. Yep. And I would rather do that with 12 years of my life than shorten it by every time I sneezed, I'd lose time. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Any, any particular grade that you would look forward to? Well, again, as, as an older individual, naps at kindergarten time <laughs> would be great right about now. <laughs> that, that is true. Um, 
Another would you rather. These, the next two Rudgerovas, I'm going to prompt this. The next two Rudgerovas are a little crazy. I, I just happened to find them online. Would you rather only be able to sleep on a couch that is five inches shorter than you? <laughs> so, the, so your leg was going to hang over the edge. Mm-hmm. Or randomly get more twisted ankles than anyone normally would. Oh, give me the short couch. Okay. So the twisted ankles is how you'd rather sleep for the rest of your life on a short couch. I would definitely <laughs> then just be random. willing to sleep on a short couch than, than be injured That's true. repeatedly. <laughs> uh, and the next one? Would you rather be able to jump all the way to the moon, so you could jump to the moon, but you would have spoons for hands? So you'd have the ability to jump, but you'd have spoon hands. Or be able to make any food appear at will, but it's always a little too salty. I've got no desire to go to the moon, so I'd just take high blood pressure medicine. Give me the salty food. (laughs) You just add hot sauce to it anyway. That's right. And (laughs) then it would counteract it. Okay, awesome. And finally, last question. What is a job... That you would like me to have, and and I've I had to preempt this to both Chris and some others. I've no intention of leaving. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. <laughs> and, and Chris isn't firing me. I'm not trying to look for work. <laughs> that's but, good to hear. But what what was a job you'd like me to have? If I could pick a job for you, I would say the same thing that I've said to my two kids. Is that Phil? I would want you to have a job that you. Look forward to doing every day. When you got out of bed, you were excited about going to do it. It's something that was meaningful for you and that hopefully in the long run, it, it didn't feel like work. Awesome. I'm already there. I found it. Perfect. <laughs> I was having a conversation only the other day that um, with all of the I've, – I've been going for a lot of uh, childcare issues with Ella at the moment – and after the last two weeks, the thought of being able to just come to work and have a normal work day has been absolute bliss. So I've been enjoying coming in. It's just such so more relaxing than dealing with all that nonsense in the real world. I think That's that all. makes a huge difference in in someone's happiness and and how they how they interact with everything. If you if you're happy with what you do and where you are when you're doing it. Um, it can make life so much easier and so much pleasant. Yeah, and we may very well be in the minority in being in a job that we do enjoy, but I totally do agree. All right, uh, thank you so much, Todd. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Phil, thank you. Thanks for listening. And can you say, thanks for listening to High Five? Thanks for listening to High Five. <laughs> and then what about thanks for listening to High Five's podcast? Can you do it? Okay, try. Thanks for giving us a good guy. Thanks for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. It really does help us out a whole lot. And next time on The Road to High Five. On Monday, we would have a pile of wood, and then on Friday, there was a, like, wall on the wall. And I was like, oh, my giddy aunt, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen.